This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Next Door and Window. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. That's me and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection. Things that bring us together and living life intentionally. As the saying goes, you are what you eat. But how often do you really consider what that actually means and how that impacts your life? May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and today we are exploring how what you consume, both with your mouth and eyes, can impact your focus, mood, energy, sleep, and overall health. We are also discussing tips and ways to improve all of those areas for the better, and I can't wait. Joining me now are incredible experts in this space who have such great information to share. Dr. Andy, thank you for joining us. I would love to start with you. Sure. What's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? Yeah, sure, Dana. I'm a psychiatrist, which means I'm a medical doctor. A psychiatrist is trained to evaluate and treat the biological reasons for mental illness, whereas a psychologist looks at the cognitive and behavioral processes behind mental illness. Mary Ellen, how does that differ from a therapist, namely a yoga therapist? Yes, yeah, so yoga therapy is the connection to both the body, the mind, and the spirit. So using the full whole self, both the mind and the body, in order to help people find healing. Full flow. Full flow. <laughs> Dr. Andy, you've been a psychiatrist for a decade, and during that time, you've honed in on what your patients were consuming besides medication. Tell us more. Yeah, what I noticed was a lot of my patients had comorbid chronic medical conditions like diabetes, um, hypertension, hypercholesterol. And when I delved further, I asked them what they were eating. And a lot of them were subscribing to the typical Western diet, high fats, high sugar diets, lots of fast food, things that weren't really healthy for the body. So what we're putting into our body matters. Absolutely. Lisa, you've created an entire line of gluten-free snacks that are sold in Whole Foods and Mariano's. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Tell us more and how you got started. The way I got started, I was experiencing a lot of what Dr. Andy said. I had some acid reflux, digestive issues, severe flatulence. So much so, my husband was like, hey, you too pretty to smell like that. Yes. So when hubby starts telling you that, you got to make a change. So unfortunately, that was the same year that my mom passed away and my symptoms just got so much worse. So I actually went to the doctor and asked them what's going on. They said, stop eating dairy, stop eating fruits and vegetables, stop this, stop that, but nothing was working. And I went to a training and one of the students told me she, ha she was gluten-free. I looked at her like she had two heads. Girl, what is that? <laughs> and she said, what she told me, she described me and I was like, I need to try that. So I came home, I threw out anything that had any wheat, rye, or barley, which is gluten, and put myself on a gluten-free diet. The name of your line is what? Miss P's Gluten-Free, named after my mommy. She definitely is our shero of my family. She raised six of us on the south side of Chicago. So if anybody I wanted to pay tribute to, it is her. Yes. So for all of you in your practice and your business, mm -hmm. what types of things do you notice in others when they are consuming the wrong things? Well, I notice a, a lot of people with pain. Mm -hmm. um, very often someone may come and see me with uh, a shoulder issue. Someone uh, you know, recommended that they come in and I'm helping them with pain. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're um, also sharing that they have anxiety mm -hmm. and kind of swing to depression. 
So the automatic thing that I look at with my clients is what they're eating. And uh, not just food, but also maybe what they're consuming in the way of media. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like oftentimes many of the patients that I see, no matter how many medic medications they may have tried, the treatment plan just really wouldn't get rid of all the symptoms until we start looking at their whole body. What are you eating? You know, what kind of stressors are you dealing with in life? What kind of toxins may you be introducing yourself to? And so kind of looking at the whole, developing a holistic approach and looking at everything was really the best way. You know, one of the things that I have found fascinating in talking to you, Dr. Andy, is that the gut is our biggest immune system organ. And 80 to, 80 to 90 percent of serotonin, which is the chemical that carries messages between the brain and the body, are produced in your gut. So is that why we feel anxiety or knots in our stomach or we're hangry or we're hungry and angry at the same time? <laughs> yeah, what you're really speaking to is the enteric nervous system. So oftentimes when we think about the nervous system, we think about the central nervous system, which really is the brain and the spinal cord. But a huge part of our nervous system actually is within our gut. Right. And as you speak, as you spoke to um, Dana, 80 to 90 percent of serotonin is produced by the neurons in our gut. Mm -hmm. So as you can think of, you know, our mood and how we feel and our emotions are tightly related to what goes on in our gut system. How can allergies impact mental health? You talked about that from a gluten perspective. Yes. Because I don't think we fully realize the impact of how allergens yeah. can impact your mental health. Absolutely, because if you are putting the wrong things into your body, you're giving your body mixed signals, so it's confused. It doesn't know what's going on. Um, many times I tell people, you may not have to be gluten-free, but you need to listen to what your body is telling you by the foods that you eat. So if you're consuming bread and you're getting knots in your stomach or you're getting flagellant <laughs> or gassy, then you really need to look at that. And I think sometimes, especially for me growing up on the south side of Chicago, we never thought about that. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, that is my biggest thing is teaching people eat healthier, eat cleaner, move more, live longer. And that's why we have the snacks that we have yep. so that people can really understand that what you put in your body shows up on your face, on your hips, <laughs> and, and all else. over. Everywhere oh, yeah. else. We're going to find this in Mariano's and Whole Foods. Yes. Um, that's great. What changes have you seen in mental health when people do make positive changes to their diet? Well, first of all, you know, there's such a tremendous impact of, you know, the emotional and physical, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, when somebody comes in in a tremendous amount of pain, whether it be in the physical or emotional body, when they begin to just take out some of those inflammatory items, you know, you mm -hmm. mentioned gluten or sugar oh, or yeah. alcohol or yeah. flour, you know, all of a sudden they start to feel better. Yeah. And so when there's not as much pain, let's say in the knees, then all of a sudden they can move more, mm -hmm. they get outside more, and then they start to feel joy so that ultimately they get better rest. And so there's definitely that connection of the body and the mind. Yes. Yeah. Mary, you bring up a very good point because there's a bi-directional relationship between the brain and the gut, right? So they mm. speak to one another, and I think oftentimes we see them as being separated. And in science, we used to oftentimes think of a, a blood-brain barrier that it could not be crossed. But now we know that what we consume when it causes toxic inflammatory reactions in our gut it can actually cross our brain, right? So we see a lot of neurobiological diseases, particularly anxiety, depression, dementia, 
-hmm. you know, even MS that are all due to in, in consuming foods that the body sees as an allergy or as a toxin. Mm -hmm. So changing your diet can be essential to you know, correcting a lot of neurological based disease processes. You mentioned MS and MS runs in my family. Lisa, you touched on this earlier with regard mm -hmm. to family history. I think family history is important when it comes to understanding the body, what we put into it and how we change what nature has given us. Lisa, can you speak more to that? I absolutely can. For me, um, creating these healthy snack foods has been so personal because in my own family, my mom passed away at 60. My dad, he passed away, he was 42. 42. 42, mm -hmm. and then in 2018, I lost my middle sister. She was 51. So for me, the medical history behind the not eating well and the sedentary lifestyle, I said it stops here. Yeah. It mm -hmm. changes here. I want to be the one, I feel like I'm called to be the one to change that so that I'm around to see my grandchildren's children and teach us how to eat healthier and better and then to elevate our family and get rid of those generational curses yep. is what I call them. Yeah. yeah. Very often don't you find um, that someone may present with symptoms of MS. Mm -hmm. I have a client with whom I worked yeah. who, um, you know, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. They gave her a diagnosis of MS. And once she cut out her regular uh, habit of Diet Coke, all yeah. of a sudden she didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. so uncovering, you yeah. know, through yoga therapy, kind of uncovering the habits, it just turned out that it was, you know, kind of taking out a few things and then she became well. Nice. I love that because, you know, we've known, I think, for quite some time that the gut is the crucifix of a lot of the basis for a lot of our, you know, chronic illnesses in, in general, you know. So inflammation is really a driving etiology mm -hmm. for a lot of our disease processes. But we, I feel like we don't do enough, right, to really truly evaluate it. A lot of times when we're treating our mental health symptoms, we treat the symptoms, but we, we, what we lose is the, the rationale, what's causing these mental health symptoms. And so to your point, sometimes just changing what you're consuming can oh, be yeah. a big, you know, can be a game changer. And oftentimes I see that, you know, Many of my patients come in with several inflammatory disease processes, and to your point, it could be genetic, but mm -hmm. what can we do to, in, in regards to our environmental um, stressors and you know what we interact with on a daily basis that can lower what we call an inflammation set point. So yeah, you may have the genetic you know drivers that could put you at risk for diabetes and for hypertension and from other things. But hey, if I change my diet, mm -hmm. if I change the way I live my lifestyle, I can lower my inflammation set point and kind of reduce that risk bias. Absolutely. Oh, and that, that makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. I think making those little changes yep. mm -hmm. can have larger impacts, incredible so, impacts. Yeah, and so often really I think it's the change of the mind. Yes. You know, that mm -hmm. when one, you know, kind of says, okay, I may have this as my genetic code, however, yep. I'm going to change the way that I think about my body. I'm going to change the way I think about my condition. Mm -hmm. uh, what can happen by just shifting some habits yeah. in the mind? Yeah. yeah. Well, Lisa, can we try Miss mm -hmm. P's yes. gluten-free? Let's do this. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. I will take that one. Can you tell us about the different flavors, the three different I flavors that we have? I certainly can. My favorite subject. <laughs> First, Miss P, of course, is named in honor of my mom. She was the original Miss P, raising six of us on the south side of Chicago. 
And today we have our three delicious flavors. We have our chocolate hazelnut pecan. We have our harvest blend with organic pumpkin seed and raw sunflower seed. And then we have our fan favorite, which is our berry nutty with whole raw cashews and whole raw almonds with some dairy-free yogurt and strawberries, which is how we like to eat ours, mm -hmm. eating parfaits. And you guys tell me what you think. <laughs> this is amazing. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep eating while we take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're watching Dana Being Dana. You are what you eat. I'm here with Justin Bartley of Next Door and Window. And Justin, your windows have been a game changer. What's your secret? Chicago's harsh weather ruins vinyl and wood windows. We have the solution. Fiberglass windows made with Alltrax. And what makes Ultrex so unique? Ultrex is eight times stronger than vinyl, which means our windows outlast the competition. And their slim, modern frames give you bigger, more beautiful views. Thanks, Justin. Buy one, get one 40% off. Visit nextwindow.com today. We all have a story to share, stories others can relate to, whether moments of sorrow or of hope and inspiration, whether a story of struggle or a moment of victory. Every little moment captured and shared helps us to feel more informed, helps us to feel more engaged with and connected to the community we all call home. Every little moment captured and shared adds up to something greater. For us, that something is the collective story of Naperville, a city rich in its volunteer spirit, its diversity, its traditions and celebrations, and so much more. In Naperville, there are so many stories worth sharing. It's been our honor to tell those stories and share them with you. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about how what you consume impacts your mental health. Now, what kinds of foods should we be putting into our bodies? Can you all give us some examples? I think I may need a grocery list. <laughs> A grocery list would be great. For me, it is eating things that come from the earth. So eating your avocados and eating your fruits and then understanding flax and chia. They were big for me. Yeah. And incorporating those in your diets, either with your smoothies or with our granola. With our granola. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. I see what you I'm did there. I'm kind of into, yes. for my clients and for myself and my mm -hmm. family, um, an anti-inflammatory diet. Yes. So a diet that's you know, very strong in plants. Mm -hmm. um, if uh, you know, we're eating meats, it's very lean, yes. organic, and uh, you know, very whole except for this granola, like not too many things <laughs> yeah. in packages. Exactly. So very minimal on the processed foods. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, sugar. Mm -hmm. I agree with both of you all. I think, you mm -hmm. know, eating a diet that's rich in fiber, mm -hmm. um, and so whether or not that's your nuts, your seeds, you know, your gluten-free grains, yeah. and then also making sure that you pick from a variety of different fruits and vegetables. So the more broader the vegetables and fruits that you have, the better that your gut, the healthier your gut might be. So you really mm -hmm. want to eat foods that are inducing a healthy microbiome or gut bacteria, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and also you want to have a good ratio of your omega-3 and omega-6s. So omega-3s are the good fats, like the avocado that oh, Lisa mentioned. Yeah. 
salmon or the lean meats with salmon or, you know, good fish. And then omega-6s are the not so good, like the fried foods. Um, so making sure there's a healthy balance, I think, is always essential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think agree. changing your diet oh, yeah. and making adjustments can feel a bit overwhelming to yeah. people. So what advice would you have? For those who want to consume some of these better foods, mm -hmm. um, you know that may that may require different cooking, you know, mm -hmm. lessons and styles in that. How do how do you advise people to take the first step? Yeah, I think that um, uh, well, as a yoga therapist, you know, I always put things back to yoga. So, like vinyasa, uh, it's called vinyasa krama, which it means step by step. So mm -hmm. rather than feeling like you have to change everything change one thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe take one thing out and add two good things. So take out the Diet Coke and add more water, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, when sometimes I work with people who want to slow down on drinking, you know, yeah. maybe they don't need to have three glasses of wine, they could have one. Yes. You know, so just making yep. small changes. If one, um, you know, eats seasonally, the food tastes better, it's mm -hmm. more abundant, it tastes, uh, it's healthier. Yeah. And so just one step at a time. Your body can, doesn't have a chance to get used to it too, yeah. um, or, or immune to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about what we eat. Now mm -hmm. I'd like to shift gears and talk about what we consume with our eyes, like mm -hmm. social media, and how it also impacts us. What have you seen in your clients regarding social media and mental health? Mm -hmm. I would say that there's been a rise in anxiety, you know, and a lot of this is, you know, due to social media. You know, a lot of times we are looking for things to be fast and available, and it affects our overall population, but particularly we're seeing a lot of it in the adolescent and the youth population. You know, um, feeling very <clears throat> self-conscious about appearances, you know, getting a lot of maybe negative messaging from social media. So I definitely feel like what you consume in your mind is really important as far as managing your overall mental health. I absolutely agree with that. I think you have <clears throat> to really limit your um, social media intake. Yeah. Um, I have to do it because of I have a business, but what I don't do is I don't find myself mindlessly scrolling all day. First, I don't have enough time for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Second, I really like to keep things very positive. Yes. So positive affirmations, yes. prayer, yeah. um, and grounding yourself and knowing who you are and not letting social media dictate that. Yeah. The so. other thing I kind of notice about social media, which is interesting, is that um, people come in with their own diagnoses. Yeah. So teenagers <laughs> yeah. I work with come in and because they've seen it on TikTok, yes. they come in and tell me that you know, they have OCD yep. or they have anxiety mm -hmm. or even have bipolar yeah. without a diagnosis wow. yes. from a medical professional. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of misinformation on yep. social media. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make a good point uh, when it comes to social media. A lot of times people assume that what they're seeing is the entire full picture, yeah. the entire reality. Mm -hmm. And that's just not necessarily true. You're usually getting just a snippet of someone's life or what they're caring to share and how they're sharing it. I wanna talk a little bit about trauma. We are talking about mental health awareness. And I think trauma is so important because it happens in so many ways. It doesn't have to be large overt you know, deaths or divorce or you know, uh, bodily harm or injury. Um, it can just be everyday experiences, yeah. you know, growing yeah. up, being teased, being yes. bullied, mm. um, yes. uh, moving, yeah. you know, your family relocating somewhere. 
lots of different ways people experience trauma. And I think trauma is just happening more and more yep. these days. Yes. Experience trauma lives in your body. Yes. And so in what ways have you seen that manifest? Um, particularly when, you know, when it comes to the therapeutic practices and, and what you do with your patients? Yeah. Well, well, I would just say, you know, oftentimes there is a, I've seen a huge correlation between pain disorders and trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you said, uh, the trauma lives in your body, right? And so chronic migraines, fibromyalgia, pretty much every patient I've treated with fibromyalgia has a, has a trauma history. Mm -hmm. um, chronic pain, uh, Crohn's disease, lo lots of irritable bowel d disorders I constantly see. Um, just with the pain, the trauma not being dealt with. And of course, it also it puts you at risk for post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. anxiety and depression. So, you know, there's a host of, you know, I, again, I go back to the term neurobiological diseases because again, these are all derived from overaction of the nervous system. So I see a host of, of chronic medical conditions due to trauma. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it really is biology. So yes. in the animal kingdom, if there's trauma, let's say fight, flight, freeze, mm -hmm. fawn, you know, in our sympathetic nervous system, in the animal kingdom, let's say a possum, it freezes, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And so humans, if we take our body and like constrict it, then all of a sudden it settles in the body in pain, whereas yep. animals, they shake it off. Yeah. So they mm -hmm. move through it. Uh -huh. So where we're very different as humans is that we hold it and mm -hmm. then it presents, you know, like you've noticed with uh, patients and clients, yeah. it stores itself in the body. It holds a memory and very often creates yes. disease, very yes. serious disease. Uh -huh. Very so much so. I think yeah. it's important to mm -hmm. learn how to process that trauma, yeah. mm -hmm. how to expel that trauma. Yeah. How can we be intentional about processing that and um, difficult experiences? Yeah, so I think A, um, accepting that if we get to a certain season of our life, whether we're you know young or even old, we are going to have a series of traumas. Big mm -hmm. T, little t, depending yeah. on what it is. So mm -hmm. A, finding acceptance. Um, B, maybe working with a professional to help move through. And then um, finding different techniques, so, such as breath, movement, talk therapy. Um, yeah, I, I'm also a clinical hip a hypnotherapist yeah. and you know doing mindfulness exercises can really make a huge difference for people. Now what is mindfulness and how does that play into good mental health? Yeah so mindfulness um, is very often uh, seen as meditation mm -hmm. or exercises of the mind in order to bring about a somatic or a body response so you know perhaps meditation for calming uh, meditation for releasing physical pain, uh, meditation for finding acceptance in trauma and then moving forward. Now, Mary Ellen, what is soft belly meditation? Uh, uh, and is that yeah. personal? <laughs> yeah, so particularly because you've brought up gut health a few mm -hmm. times, mm -hmm. um, soft belly, belly meditation comes from a traditional Buddhist practice of connecting the central nervous system and the vagus nerve to the gut, so the connection of uh, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, yes. mm -hmm. and shifting it into the parasympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system, so rest and digest. Mm. Um, so we bring in breath to the brain and then bring the breath down to the belly in the image of kind of relaxing that constriction that can cause tension and uh, issues right there at the gut. I know for me, when I am stressed and I'm in a hectic state, 
I find myself holding my breath. Mm -hmm. um, it's yes. not just sucking in, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. but you're, but you're yeah. holding your breath. And I think yeah. that happens a lot in this fast-paced society that mm -hmm. we're in. Yeah. We often forget to take a moment, to take a breath, to take a pause. Yes. Can you lead us in a breathing oh. example? Yes, absolutely. In fact, why don't we try soft belly yes. meditation just for the experience? So why don't we place our feet flat on the floor and um, place your hands first on your thighs to just ground. And eyes can be open or closed. I'll just close mine. And I'll take a couple breaths, just noticing the body and the breath. And now gently place one hand on the belly. Good. And let's inhale through the nose. And exhale easy through the mouth. So rather than like, ah, more like, you know, just kind of blowing the breath out of the mouth, almost like blowing out candles on a birthday cake that you don't want to get the wax all over the cake. And let's breathe in through the nose. Rich oxygenated blood coming up to the brain and then in your head, the words soft belly, soft belly. So letting go of the restriction at the belly, the low back. We'll breathe in again through the nose. And then easy exhale through the mouth, soft belly, soft belly. And I would recommend practicing this daily at the belly uh, in the chakras. This is where self-esteem is. This is where internal fire is. This is where the healthy ego is that gets us out of bed in the morning, but also the space that sometimes holds grief, trauma, stress, pain, and so soft belly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Want to try it again? Now an easy, just kind of almost like blowing through the mouth. Let's try it one more time. Soft belly, soft belly. Wow, that is great. Thank you yeah, so much. That is nice. I think that is so good. And you can try that at home. That's something you can easily do, you know, right before a meeting or a stressful moment. I think that's so important. Sometimes you need to just take the time to breathe. And that mindfulness can be a game changer for your overall well-being. And sticking to a diet of nutrient-rich foods may lead to improved focus and fewer mood swings. Elimination of processed foods can directly help with the symptoms of depression and anxiety. If you are what you eat, then we can all make better choices that lead to be a happier, healthier person. Thanks to my expert panel for joining me for this very important discussion. And special thanks to our incredible sponsor, Next Door and Window. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana being Dana is brought to you in part by Next Door and Window.